2: Listen to Woke F. Daily season five on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through.
2: In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic,
1: they were
0: doing a dying.
1: And in the process, Share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Brain Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio.
0: Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Fresh tomatoes pile high in grocery store produce sections 12 months out of the year. But for tomato aficionados, they're only good for a short season, or maybe not ever. Grocery store tomatoes have long had a reputation for being bland, mealy, too firm, tasteless, and dry. There are scientists working to save grocery store tomatoes, and not just by encouraging people to garden or shop at farmer's markets. Through science, an honestly good grocery store tomato may be on the market within five years. We spoke with Harry Klee, a professor of horticultural science at the University of Florida, who's putting his passion for tomatoes into the long work of developing a better tomato for the mass market. He said, we're not going to consider our program a success until all grocery store tomatoes taste good. According to Klee, the number one complaint about produce in America is the flavor of grocery store tomatoes. It's a problem that's been around for decades. Klee remembers a 1977 essay in The New Yorker about how hard it is to find truly ripe, fresh tomatoes. So how did tomatoes end up tasting so blah? The problem lies in the entire market chain. Klee points out, Farmers aren't paid on flavor. They're paid on pounds of tomatoes they put in a box. Growers will tell you they can't control flavor. What the market values motivates growers to prioritize fast growth, high yields, disease resistance, and a long shelf life. Breeders have been developing tomatoes in response to those qualities that growers are looking for. Tomatoes don't have to taste good for any of that to happen. Klee pointed out that the loss of flavor isn't intentional on anyone's part. It's just a side effect of the neglect of attention to flavor. He compares it to a symphony. If one instrument is missing, you probably wouldn't notice. If two or three instruments bow out, an experienced musician might notice— but if one-by-one one instruments leave the orchestra, eventually you'll notice something's missing. And in the case of fruit-like tomatoes, well, in Cleese words, flavor over 50 years has gone to hell. The growers who do get paid on flavor focus on local sales to customers who live nearby and provide repeat business, both home cooks and restaurants. Those are the growers who can pick tomatoes once they've ripened on the vine, and they don't have to ship them far and risk damage. We also spoke with Julie Dawson, a faculty member at the University of Wisconsin-Madison who does tomato variety trials, including varieties from a number of different public and private sector breeders. Some varieties of the trials come from Seed Savers Exchange, an organization that's devoted to preserving America's diversity in food and garden plants by collecting, sharing, and saving seeds, and by encouraging people to grow them. She said, we hope our trials help breeders develop varieties that have the flavor that make people want to buy and eat more. She explained that flavor can get bred out in any number of unexpected ways. For example, there's a gene that producers want because it makes tomatoes ripen uniformly across the whole fruit all at once, but it also changes the way sugars accumulate in the fruit. But she also said the bigger part of why they don't taste good is due to how people manage them, such as picking them green. A lot of the ripening on the plant creates sugars and volatile compounds that make the tomatoes taste good. They're easier to ship when they're underripe, but they will never develop all of those flavors. And ripening tomatoes commercially with ethylene gas is no substitute for the work nature does on the vine. Dawson said, it just turns them red. You don't get all the volatiles and secondary compounds that make it smell like a tomato and taste good. So now, Klee and numerous horticultural scientists are working to bring flavor back. But growers and supermarkets still need the qualities of a modern tomato. Klee said, Breeding is now a balancing act because growers still want a good yield and disease resistance. We have to keep key pieces in. At the University of Florida, the Horticultural Science Department is growing over 100 varieties of tomatoes and uses a tasting panel of over 100 people to help identify what makes a tomato taste good. They've come up with a list of compounds that impact flavor. The tasting panel helps them identify what people like, and then they determine how much of each compound is in the tomatoes that get approval from the panel. The process produces a scientific recipe for a great tomato. Klee said, DNA sequencing has become cheap, so we've sequenced the genomes of 500 different varieties of tomatoes. They can identify genes that make good-tasting modern tomatoes, trace where those genes came from, and bring them back. It creates a breeding roadmap. Right now, Klee and his team are working on nine different genes to put into modern tomatoes, creating fruit with the yield, disease resistance, and shelf life that growers and markets want, but the flavor that tomato lovers crave. But the challenge with creating better fruit and vegetables is that it takes time. In Florida, Klee and his team can only grow two generations of tomatoes a year. But better tomatoes are on the horizon. Klee says tasting panels in summer of 2019 will help them finalize a tomato that's got it all. Once that's done, the challenge is getting growers to take a chance on planting and selling them. And growers tend to adopt new plants conservatively. But the university is working with several commercial seed companies that want to be the first in the market with good tomatoes. Consumers have a role to play in getting better tomatoes to market, too. Buy them. Klee said Some people are willing to pay more for great flavor, but most people are price sensitive. If you pay little, you get what you pay for. People need to step up and pay for better tomatoes. If you've got a garden plot and you can't wait for some of the tomatoes developed at the University of Florida, you can get seeds that aren't on the market yet. You can donate $10 towards Klee's genetic tomato research to receive packets of three varieties search online for the Klee Garden Gem webpage. That's K-L-E-E. If you grow them, they would love to hear how they perform in your garden. Today's episode was written by Sean Chavez and produced by Tyler Klang. Brain Stuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other tasty topics, visit our home planet, howstuffworks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.